The following program contains mature subject matter. Listener discretion is advised. Turn us on and the satisfaction's guaranteed. Frank discussion with passion on CJD 800. Happy Easter, happy Good Friday, everybody, and uh, happy Passover as well. Tonight, answering your questions, talking about your concerns, and sharing some sexual news stories with you. So pretty much anything goes. Anything you want to talk about, I will talk about. Uh, some of the stuff I'm going to bring up is uh, what's happening in the, the, the sex industry, meaning the sex toy industry, the condom industry, like it's having repercussions in many, many areas and it extends quite far. So I'll talk about what's happening in those, uh, in those fields as well. But first, let me get to some of your, your emails. Uh, some of them are comments, some of them are questions. Uh, hi, my name is Jason or Jasonic. So this person wanted me to say his name. I have a message for all of you and then a message for Dr. Lori. And I don't mind her saying this on the radio since I tell this to everyone since I am proud of doing this. Stay home in caps, people. Hearing about everyone out and about is just ridiculous. Sure, sex is sex and people are looking for love, but this is not the time to do it. Me, I just stay home and have sex with my Sonic the Hedgehog plush toy. You see, Dr. Lori, I am a plushophile and I don't think it's not healthy. I mean, yes, I'm different, but there are others like me out there. Uh, quite true. There are, there are definitely people like that out there. It is a particular uh, fetish. They're called uh, plushophiles or furries. They... Um, they get aroused basically with plush toys or they like to dress up in, uh, in plush toys, etc. So there, there is a definitely a community way back when, before the internet, people were still attracted to this. They just didn't know that there were others like them. So now you can find there's conventions, there's all kinds of things, dating sites for, for furries and plushophiles and things like that. Uh, hi, Lori. Love your show. I just wanted uh, to say a big prayer to the city of New York, which has been tremendously hit by this terrible virus. Very sad for all of those who have lost someone. May it end soon. That's from Catherine. Actually, sadly, um, last week I got the news of uh, a friend who died. Uh, he was, uh, it was somebody I knew as his brother, who was a physician in New York, who, uh, actually died really quickly from, uh, the coronavirus. So, uh, very, very sad. And, um, yeah, so my, my heart goes out to families who have lost people and a big shout out to all the heroes out there who continue to put their lives, uh, their lives at risk, really. Uh, for, uh, you know, to help everybody. Uh, Dr. Petito, can people get a ticket? Maybe people need, you, somebody else can answer this one because I'm not quite sure, but can people get a ticket for simply traveling to see their boyfriend or girlfriend? Would this fall under non-essential travel? Traveling to where? Because right now it seems we're not even supposed to be 
traveling from one part of the island onto another, well, off the island, right? So I have a friend who's uh, who has a child who lives with his, her mother who lives up north, for example, and he lives in the city and was told that... Uh, he may get stopped if uh, if he if he crosses over into the Laurentians. So uh, I believe that is non-essential travel, and uh, you prob you might risk uh, getting stopped. And assess the risk first of all for yourself. Is it wise to travel now? Uh, so if you're traveling by air, though, I don't I, I don't even know what's happening with the airlines. Uh, does anybody know what's going on in terms of? Uh, Air traffic right now is there? Uh, I, I heard that many, many, you know, most flights are, 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 or most airlines are only flying out a few flights or what have you, or some not at all. I don't even know. Uh, so if anybody has that information, uh, please share. Dr. Lori, I haven't seen my ex-girlfriend in two years. She lives in Ottawa and has been self-quarantined. I also have been quarantined. Neither of us has any symptoms. She is extremely lonely and wants me to visit. I live with my 80-year-old mom. Can I visit her without risk to my mom? The answer is no. You, there is going to be some risk. If, if you had nobody at home and, and you didn't have an elderly parent, uh, then that might be one thing, but what if, uh, I don't know that, what if your car breaks down? What if you need gas? What if like you may have contact with other people? Does she live in an apartment building? Are there others in the building? Like you don't know how far this, this thing can, there was an image that, that, that I saw, which was amazing. It was what they, you know, what the coronavirus looks like, that the cell or whatever it looks like as a, as a microbe. And it was all over the place. And somebody said, would you go out in this if, if this is what you saw visually? Just because you can't see it visually doesn't mean it's not out there. You have an 80-year-old mom. Please uh, make her the priority, which means stay away from anybody. Because you also, she may say she's self-quarantining, but how do you know? Who's getting her groceries? Or is she washing down everything? Like, you, How do you trust what someone else is doing in terms of hygienic uh, practices, right? I would not take the risk. There are ways you can connect with her online, FaceTime with her, spend hours with her if need be uh, on uh, online. Why do you need to be physically uh, present? So um, that's something I would uh, definitely say uh, no, since you do have an 80-year-old mom. You sh we should not be visiting. This is one of the big guidelines. We are not to go to other people's homes. We're not to go visiting back and forth. Please, people, let's, you know, let's follow these guidelines so this thing can, we can get back to some semblance of uh, normal life. Uh, Texter writes in, little to no air travel, even Toronto, Montreal, Air Canada flights not flying. So there you go. There's your, uh, your answer in terms of uh, traveling. Uh, for those of you who are looking for a new partner, don't forget to take the coronavirus test before you start to smooch and keep your distance. Hello, uh, it's not about taking the coronavirus test because you could test today and tomorrow you can get, uh, you can be exposed. This is not the time to be looking for a new partner. You can look online and you can connect online and you can start forging a relationship, a virtual relationship, but this is not the time to meet up 
with a new person. And certainly no smooching, no kissing that, that breaks the six foot rule right there. And, uh, and it's, it can be caught through saliva. So like, no, this is, uh, uh, not, uh, not good advice. We do not look for a new partner. Uh, someone says police will stop you driving into Ontario. So there you go. Roadblocks, uh, they're checking what, uh, what you're going to do, where you're going to go, things like that. So, uh, I think that's really important and please follow the advice. Uh, hello, Dr. Lori, any advice for single men? How are we supposed to date like this? And what about sex and intimacy? I can't be celibate for a whole year till a vaccine arrives. What can we do? And I'm quite lonely. I get it. I understand it's tough being alone. It's tough being, um, celibate. Uh, I don't know if it's going to be a whole year uh, until a vaccine arrives. I don't know if, if the guidelines will be in place, uh, for, for the whole year, um, I get people are lonely, but this is a good opportunity to get on those apps now and just start talking to people uh, and socialize and meet people. And who knows, once it's over and we're allowed to go out and start meeting new people, you will be able uh, to do that. Your concerns, your questions answered here tonight and coming up, tell you what the coronavirus has created in terms of the sex toy industry. A safe place to work out the kinks in any relationship. It's Passion with CGAD 800's Dr. Lori Batito. Well, there's uh, one industry that is not suffering because of the coronavirus, and I'm not talking about the industries that are making masks or anything. We're talking about the uh, sex toy industry. Apparently, self-isolating couples are purchasing sex toys and condoms by the bucket load. Uh, and activity on dating apps is also shooting up. But will this create a post-pandemic baby boom? That's the, uh, the big question, right? People are saying, oh, in nine months, are we going to see a whole bunch of babies born? I think the answer is not, not exactly, and we'll talk about that a little bit later too. Uh, so Lilo, a Swedish luxury sex toy brand, says it has seen sales increase by 40%. Another uh, sex toy and lingerie retailer called Ann Summers has seen a 27% increase in sales of sex toys compared to this time last year. Condom sales have doubled in the space of just a week, and a spike in Viagra sales of uh, 23% as well. And uh, same with the morning after pill. So there you go. But there are some people who are not happy at home and they are finding other ways. And this is hard for me to believe. Illicit encounters, which is the same as... Uh, um, like Ashley Madison, that kind of thing. It's a dating website for people seeking extramarital affairs. They have experienced a 15% increase in activity based on this time 
last year. In a survey from the website, 54% of men said they had started affairs in the last four weeks, with 74% of these men saying their reason for doing so was boredom. Now, I certainly hope these affairs are not are virtual and not in uh, in real life because that would be kind of scary. Uh, Tinder has seen a 12% increase in daily conversations in the UK. In Italy, uh, let's see, conversations are lasting 29% longer than they did uh, a month ago. So if we're talking about the birth rate, because people are asking this question, right? They're all thinking, oh, COVID babies, COVID babies in, in, in a year from now, nine months from now. But not actually, okay? Uh, in the past, enforced lockdowns have meant an increase in the birth rate, nine months down the line. But um, does that is that the same thing going to happen because of this kind of crisis, right? Uh, there's research that was done out of the London School of Economics that shows that a nationwide blackout in Colombia in the early 1990s led to a slew of unplanned births. So if people being stuck at home in the dark, dark caused more pregnancies, then being stuck at home in a lockdown could have a similar effect. Hmm, theoretically, maybe. Um, but during this lockdown, uh, the only people who really will be having sex are the ones who are isolating with their longtime partners. So there actually will be fewer people having sex overall. Uh, and the increase in number of sex toys being sold could simply be due to people buying them to use on themselves. Times of crisis in historical context have always been times where the incidence of conception has fallen, not risen. This uh, researcher adds that once the exceptional times of crisis have passed, there is a spurt in conceptions thanks to remarriages, rejoined families, or people who just resumed sexual activity. But as the COVID-19 crisis continues, the world may face a bigger issue when it comes to uh, sex. Carex, which is the world's largest producer of condoms, recently had to shut down its three factories in Malaysia for 10 days while waiting for government approval to continue running as an essential service. Even after it was allowed to continue operating, factories were only able to operate at 50% capacity. So there, were, there will be a shortage on uh, on condoms, which uh, we'll talk about that a little bit later as well. I also want to talk about how the pandemic is changing pornography because there's an impact there too. Uh, let's see, a couple of texts here. I would never want to be born as a COVID baby. <laughs> there's that. There's also dangers about uh, conception and pregnancy. And there was a, a report on CNN, which if I have time, I'll share it with you. If not today, then I'll do it on Monday. But uh, about uh, uh, like conceiving during uh, this crisis may not be a great idea. Uh, like I said, no sex, no babies born in nine months. Don't do it unless you're stuck at home with your uh, partner. Well, there's many reasons why people are also not having sex. Just the, the, the stress and the anxiety and all of that uh, could certainly be uh, hampering our uh, sex drive. Uh, seeing all the social media posts from parents about being stuck home with their own <laughs> with their own hell spawn, I wouldn't be too surprised if there's a drop in children born. Everybody will see these and say, "Nope, not for me." Uh, could be that that could be a reason. 
I wish people would just get it through their heads. Don't go anywhere. A have to equals food, not friends, family, or especially sex. I'm with you on that. Like, I'm ta- when in talking to people, it makes me crazy how some people are so flippant or so uh, like not they're just not concerned at all. Like it, it blows my mind. It really, uh, it really does. A guy who sent me a message had actually wrote on his profile that it says he is COVID free with a proof, I believe, instant block. It looks so desperate. So is that the new thing now? People are going to write, I'm COVID free, so come on over and, and, and have a little sex with me? Like, that's not the same as STI free. Like, uh, I'm sorry, but you may be COVID free on the day of testing and then, uh, caught it the next day. Like that isn't, uh, that would never be enough. And same with, uh, with sex partners, you're going to trust a stranger to tell you that they are STD free and that between the time they got tested last and having sex with you, that they haven't had any sexual activity at all. Really? We're going to trust a stranger, please. Like that, that's just not going to happen. How will the new normal change vacations and traveling? Who the hell knows, right? It's like, uh, everybody's wondering about that Uh, right now. I know like uh, sleepaway camps for kids, I think have been canceled so far. Um, people have made all kinds of travel plans for the summer. I don't even know if that's going to happen. Like there's a, there's a lot that's up in the air and I know this is causing anxiety in so many people. It's like, what's going to be a month from now? What's going to be in June, July, August? They keep saying we haven't reached the peak. They keep saying this is going to extend, uh, maybe a year. Like we just don't know. And living in this uncertainty is what is causing us to panic and causing us to feel really anxious. Nobody likes to live in uncertainty. Nobody. Like that's just, uh, that's a, that's human nature. Um, but we can only control what we can control. And that is our, our reaction to things, but we, we cannot control what will be. So we, we don't know. So I guess we have to kind of keep it together every day, little by little, right? One day at a time. Let's just take it one day at a time. Hopefully people's sanitary habits will be permanently improved and the annoying cheek kissing will disappear. So there's the cheek kissing, there's the handshake. The handshake is just as bad, actually. People shake hands and then touch their face after. You don't know where that hand's been. I remember hearing hearing a research on uh, people, like how many people wash their hands after they go to the bathroom, like in a public a restroom and something like only, uh, I think it was like 30% of men, only 30% of men wash their hands after they go use the urinals. Okay. And I think it, I believe it was 60% of women wash their hands. That means that there's a lot of people who are not washing their hands, which is disgusting. Like when you think about that, <laughs> I don't want to shake anybody's hand and hopefully it will make it okay and, um, socially acceptable, uh, not to have to kiss, not to have to, uh, uh, shake someone's hand. And, and I'm going to take the advice of, uh, uh, my good friend and colleague, Frank Kermit. He, I never understood this. Now I do like he, he bows his head to, to in, uh, recognition of somebody, you know, not 
and I think it's great. I think that's what we should be applying. Like, well, let's, let's just, you know, bow our head a little bit in a nod. Like we nod to people to, to say hello. That's good enough. Uh, somebody else, uh, just drew said, Hey, we did Passover over messenger with the split screen. It was awesome. Um, so did we, we actually did it, uh, with two sides of the family. It was amazing. We had such a good time. We actually connected with people that we don't usually spend Passover with. So we were able to have like, there were, we were on zoom and we had like 14 windows open. The whole family was there, uh, our family from out of town. And we were able to, uh, to participate and see everybody and everybody talked. It, it was absolutely wonderful. And then, uh, an hour later, I did it with my family and, uh, all my siblings, everybody in their own home, but we all got on with our parents and it, it was amazing. It was, uh, it really was the way to, uh, to adapt to all of this. Uh, let's see. Passion poet weighs in, live your life with passion, but live it all alone. For now we are all an island, but be solid as stone. Have faith in medical science, have faith in mankind an inoculation will be developed. It just takes a lot of time. Happy Easter to everyone and a happy Passover too. Let's all take care of each other and they will take care of you. Uh, thank you for that. Uh, to this day, I don't think they actually give out certificates for STIs and especially not for COVID. I know, but you can get your test results, uh, I suppose. I bet you could do that. Uh, let's see. I'm COVID and STI free is what I was just about to say. Yeah. Okay. Um, that's another text. That's the saddest part about this. I really enjoy the hugs and cheek kisses. It's human connection and warmth. It's true. It's a human connection and warmth. And, and, uh, how are we going to be able to show the, that, that human connection, you know, in terms of like, how long will we have to keep that six foot distance away from, from other people? And as humans, we need that touch, right? We need that, that connection. So it's going to be, listen, it's, it is difficult and we have to kind of adapt and, it is sad in many, uh, in many ways, but let's take it one day at a time. Let's see where this will go. And, uh, I have faith in all of us. We can make it happen. From the pleasure and the politics to the hangups and the heartbreak, you're listening to passion CJD 800. So, um, a colleague of mine, Justin Lee Miller, uh, you can look him up. Uh, he's got a great website and he wrote a book on, uh, on sexuality. He's, uh, like one of those top sex researchers in the world right now. And he wrote a piece called how the pandemic is changing, uh, pornography. Coronavirus is permeating every aspect of our lives, including our sex lives, uh, and this has become evident in the world of porn. It is affecting not just the amount and type of porn being produced, but also how much porn people are consuming and what they are searching for on major sites. So is it surprising that porn consumption rates are up in general? Absolutely not. There has been an increase uh, in the month of March. 
um, all around the world. Uh, so porn searches are up because a lot of people are at home, more time on their hands than, than usual. And uh, some people are using sex and pleasure as a coping mechanism for dealing with their fear of disease or their fear of death. There's uh, certainly research that shows that when we are faced with the prospect of our own, our own mortality, it prompts sexual desire and behavior as a coping uh, mechanism and the pandemic is making mortality more salient now. So yeah, you might see a rise in uh, that. That may have be one explanation for uh, a rise in porn consumption. But here's the interesting piece. People are not just watching porn. They are watching coronavirus themed porn. Just in the last month, more than 9 million coronavirus searches have appeared on Pornhub. There are also more than 1,000 videos that pop up on the site when you search for coronavirus. What the hell does coronavirus porn look like? Well, <laughs> easy. It involves people having sex while wearing masks, surgical gloves, and hazmat suits. That's basically what it is. So the, you may be asking, um, why, why are people looking for this kind of porn? Well, the answer is very similar to why people also tend to look for holiday porn throughout the year. It reflects our constant need for sexual novelty and our ability to fetishize virtually everything. Okay. Everything. Uh, so this is part of the reason we often see current social events reflected in our porn searches. For example, around like Valentine's Day or Halloween or Christmas, porn searches become more festive. They look for porn with a holiday flair. So they, whatever's happening in the world, there's porn being made about it somehow. Um, but he goes on to say, what we're seeing right now might also be an, erotic, an eroticization of Fear. It has been well established that strong emotions are often mistaken for sexual attraction. For example, when people engage in activities that produce high arousal states, like riding a roller coaster and then encounter an attractive stranger, attraction to that person increases. So high fear states have the potential to amplify sexual arousal and attraction. So if people are on edge from all of this, especially with the news and, and all of that. And then they uh, see a media image of an attractive person wearing a mask. This could lay the foundation for them to start sexualizing coronavirus imagery. <laughs> it's kind of funny, but it exists. Uh, so, of course, the rise of coronavirus porn and increased traffic to uh, tube sites isn't the only way the porn industry is being impacted right now. It was reported that many porn performers are worried about how their work could potentially expose them to the virus. Obviously, just being in close contact with someone else, the, you're not, you can't do porn and have, be six feet apart from each other. So this poses um, a risk. So um, there's that risk. So many of them have uh, avoided uh, any kind of shoots, like any kind of uh, shooting of porn, until the situation is uh, under control. They don't want... They they worry about their health uh, too. And many are also compensating by doing more solo cam work, so through, through uh, webcams. 
to uh, minimize physical contact with others and protecting their income to some uh, to some degree. So this is affecting porn production, of course. Uh, the financial implications for porn companies uh, is obviously quite uh, quite huge as well. Uh, maybe, uh, let's see, um, well, somebody said maybe you should not air this, but suicide helplines are getting overwhelmed. There have been many suicides. Unfortunately, social isolation, uh, leads to depression. And, uh, if people are already feeling, we're already isolated to begin with, and now they have zero outlet, of course, people are going to be, uh, may start to have dark thoughts and maybe suicidal. Please reach out. You're not alone. Uh, the Canadian Mental Health Association has a crisis line, 1-866-277-3553, 1-866-277-3553. It's uh, crisisservicescanada.ca if, uh, if, if you want to look it up. Um, Dr. Laurie, in all honesty, are you afraid or scared? A friend told me he is not scared at all. For me, he is letting his guard down. One who is somewhat scared are far more careful, agree? Well, cautious is the word, right? You want to be, I'm not uh, so much scared or afraid. Well, I guess the word is afraid, um, which is leading me to be far more cautious. Like even going out for a walk, like I think I, I'm thinking about every single thing I'm doing. I'm I'm super hyper aware of my every move and my every potential contact down to going to get my mail at the mailbox, right? And and touching something at the mailbox, whatever. But I'm but I'm because I'm conscious I, uh, of all of this and I'm, I'm hyper aware, I take the precautions. I wear gloves or I, I make sure when, as soon as I get home, I wash my hands. I'm following the protocols that are uh, put out there. Just Drew says, I've worked in kitchens and labs and I know how to not cross-contaminate. I hate it when I watch people do it. Maybe now they won't. Well, people will certainly be more aware. Like it made me think of the woman who got a ticket for not using the escalator handrail. And uh, like I avoid the handrails at all costs. Like, uh, and she got a ticket for that, but she was protecting herself. Of course, it didn't happen during all of this, but nonetheless, right? Touching the, the poles in the metro or the or the buses or you just don't realize also how many times you touch your face. Somebody, I don't remember how many times it was, but it was like hundreds of times a day that we actually touch our face without realizing that we are doing that. So it's just, if anything, all of this is making us so much more, um, aware of, uh, of what good hygiene practices are really. Uh, This email, this uh, breaks my heart, this one. I'm 64 and struggling with grocery phone order being in English. Hung up on, anxiety, had my first panic attack in life, which resulted in losing my bank card. Now waiting in one in the mail. Listening to only the radio. No laundry facilities. It's scary outside having to go to the corner store. Then I come back and think I might have it now. Can't get through to any numbers. Sleep problems, which is now giving me headaches, no help, not much appetite. I'm a strong woman. Usually I don't have anything I need on the waiting list for gallbladder removal, which is also hindering a lot and no internet. 
Oh, I feel for you. Now I'm going to ask you to call me on Monday. Give me a, call me. Okay. Um, you don't have the internet. So I'm going to, I'm going to give you the phone number where I can be reached at, um, which is my office line. And I'm picking up my office line, 514-984-5910. Call me and, and I'll see if we can hook you up with someone that can help you. Uh, I don't want you, you're not alone in all of this, nor should you be. Now, it, do you have any neighbors? Do you have any friends that you can call? It's okay to ask for help. And you are, you, you please ask for the help that you need. And you would be surprised at the kindness that is out there right now, the kindness and compassion that is out there. So, uh, please reach out to neighbors, friends, me, and we'll see what we can do to get you sorted out and make sure you at least have the, uh, the necessities. Coming up, we'll talk about how the, uh, this uh, pandemic, how it's affecting the, the condom companies too, and what are the implications of that, which can also be quite huge. That's coming up next. with Dr. Lori Batido on CJAD 800. Uh, for our 64-year-old uh, woman who's feeling quite isolated right now and, and cannot get what she needs, uh, Texter writes, in the passion community will not let her down. Make a call out to the passion community people in her area. So I'm going, I have, actually just realized that I have her number on the text board, so I am going to reach out to her and find out where she lives, and then uh, we uh, we can see who can help uh, who can help her who lives in her neighborhood, and maybe drop off some groceries or or what have you. So we'll, I, I will uh, I will absolutely look into this. I promise. Uh, let's see. Just because we're told not to touch our face, I always get a niche on my face. Isn't that the case? It's like when you, when you know you're not supposed to touch or don't sneeze or don't do this, or it's like suddenly you have this sudden urge to do it. So we, it's kind of a new habit that we have to, uh, we have to create, right? It's, uh, we have to sit on our hands often. <laughs> It's like, it's like when it's what you, uh, I used to tell my kids when they would get handsy with each other and, 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 you know, strike out at each other or like just nudge each other. I'd be like, okay, it's, uh, the punishment was now you get to sit on your hands for 20 minutes. Um, Texter writes, hi, you guys have been great about getting us answers, which helps since the government lines are overwhelmed and not answering. I don't know if I can answer this question. If we applied for EI benefits and were approved, but then get a CERB $2,000 payment, do you know if we have to include that on our EI biweekly report or the government is aware of it so we don't have to? I wish I had the answer to that question for you. I Sadly, I don't. Uh, you'll have to check in during the day or or actually send a, a message through Facebook on, a, on the CJAD 800 Facebook page and hopefully one of our producers will be able to um, to answer you. Uh, it's like when somebody says uh, lice. Oh yes, when somebody says there's somebody in your in, in the school that had lice, and suddenly your head you just said it, and I have to scratch my head right away, right away. It's like you think you have it, right? Oh, you're so so right. 
Um, <laughs> we were told as kids not to play with ourselves. Now it's better than touching your face. Yes, keep your hands in your pants. That that will keep you from touching your face. Exactly. Thank you for some uh, for making me smile tonight. Uh, all right, the coronavirus pandemic may cause a global condom shortage. The world's largest producer of condoms was forced to shut down production, right? Because everybody was locked down. Uh, so as countries around the world tried to combat the spread, uh, some have imposed nationwide lockdowns, forcing businesses to shutter their operations until further notice, as we have seen right here. Uh, this is in Malaysia. Malaysia has the world's largest producer of uh, condoms, and they make basically one in every five condom that is sold in the world is made by them. And they were forced to shut down production in three of their factories for over um, for over a week. So not a single condom was produced, which has resulted in a loss of a hundred million condoms that are normally marketed by brands like Durex, okay? So that's a hundred million condoms not in circulation that would normally be in circulation. Uh, they all they are also supplied to state healthcare systems and aid programs. Uh, so all of the, uh, for example, all the Planned Parenthoods and and everybody who works in in, uh, in sexual safety and, and things like that, right? And family planning and all that. Uh, the company was given permission to continue production on March 27th under a special exemption for critical industries, but it was only allowed to reinstate 50% of its workforce. So, of course, they're going to have to struggle to keep up the demand at half the capacity of uh, what they were normally doing. So, what they said is we are going to see a global shortage of condoms everywhere, which is going to be scary. My concern is that for a lot of humanitarian programs in Africa, for example, the shortage will not just be two weeks or a month. That shortage can run into months. And, um, of course, they're not the only producer to face a setback. Many condom factories in China were also forced to shut down or work at reduced uh, capacity. Uh, the, I like what they say here. The COVID-19 pandemic impacts every single link of the supply chain for sexual and reproductive health products, from the production of critical raw materials to international shipping and clearing of those products to delays in regulatory approvals. They warned of shortages in other contraceptives as well, such as oral contraceptive pills, as pharmaceutical manufacturers in India are also experiencing setbacks um, because of the same, obviously. Uh, so, and, and they're also prohibited now from exporting any, uh, any products. And so there's, it's like, it's wide, uh, wide reaching, wide reaching. Uh, let's see. Do you have a link or online resource I can show my wife that pertains to the correlation between watching too much news about this pandemic and increase in anxiety. Uh, you know what? I, I don't have a particular link, but if you were to Google decreasing anxiety during pandemic, you'll see that one of the things is uh, like you have to cut down on watching the news. Like watch it, you know, for oh, like maybe beginning of the day, end of the day. But if you keep your news channel on all day long, it's... Uh, 
it's very anxiety provoking. Um, so that's one thing. I do not have anxiety, but yes, I'm worried about our current, uh, lifestyle. I read a story that happened in Thetford Mines about a young couple in their twenties. The woman went to see her boyfriend and both were fined a thousand dollars. I'm 50 and my boyfriend and I don't live together. I've been going to, to his place, same city. Well, uh, you're, again, you're taking a risk unless, and we, I'm going to repeat this, Dr. Mitch said it on the show, so I'm, I feel comfortable saying it, is that if the two of you have had zero contact with anybody else, so you've both been self-isolating, there's no uh, minimal, minimal risk because you haven't touched like anything outside of your homes, you haven't been in contact with anybody else. I don't know how realistic that is, but anyway, nonetheless, then, uh, your, the risk would be minimal. But, um, again, uh, you know, every, every, every couple's going to do what they're going to do. And it's not always the best, but, uh, like it's scary. Uh, text writes in, oh, this is pretty bad. I'm fed the F up. Some stores have stopped taking cash. Life and the economy is grinded to a halt. This is like wartime and men become capable of awful stuff during war. It's still early days. Wait till the nice weather comes. People will meet up for sex. Not going to stop. Not every couple shares a roof. Well, uh, if we don't follow the guidelines, it will just keep spreading. What do, like people don't get it. That's the thing. And, and, and people have to start taking this seriously if we, uh, if we want to stop the, uh, the spread. I mean, meeting up with a, a straight, like meeting up with someone new who you have no idea what they've been doing or who they've been in contact with or what have you. It's, uh, think about the safe sex practices. (laughs) When I think about that, I realize then it's like 25% of people will use a condom, uh, during, uh, sexual activity and that, so that's not everybody who's having, uh, who's having sex. Okay. I get the people in long-term relationships and then the monogamous couples and what have you. But for the most part, we're talking about people who are not in long-term relationships and so they're not even caring about their, the, the sexually transmitted infections. Are they going to care about potential coronavirus, which they can't see or which it, that's part of the problem. That's part of the problem. There was another, a really interesting meme too. Imagine if everybody who was potentially infected appeared as a, a zombie and you went out in the street and you saw zombie after zombie, that would keep you inside, would it not? So part of that is the visual, right? Thank you so much for uh, spending your uh, your Good Friday with me. Appreciate it. I'm going to be back on uh, Monday evening. We'll talk about why uh, it may not be the best idea to try to conceive during the, the pandemic. And we'll also talk about women who find themselves in abusive or men in abusive relationships during this time, how uh, awful that can be. So that's coming up 
on uh, on Monday evening. Thank you so much for uh, spending your precious time with me. Thank you to uh, Nicole in uh, Master Control tonight. You can connect with me on social media at Dr. Lori Batito or through my website at drlori.com. Coming up next here on CJD, we bring you the CTV National News. Have a great rest of the evening, a great weekend, and remember to live your life with passion.